Welcome to Mocha, uh, fuck, Motor Cult, not Mocha Cult, whatever. So, <laughs> Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 44, I'm Eric Berger. When we have uh, Mocha on as a guest, oh, dude, we yeah, have to Mocha call cult. it Mocha Cult. I'm game with that, that sounds good. <laughs> anyway, I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zanitsky, hi. Hi. Uh, welcome back to the actual Saturday. Yes, we're <laughs> actually, we're back to a normal schedule, we're going to do two episodes. Yep. Jan's not here, she's uh, busy doing family stuff. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a rare occasion now where I have the channel three and four microphones off. Yeah, it's weird. Usually we've got at least one of those active. So anyway, yeah. uh, moving right on to beer. What do you got? You got uh, Nordies. Same right here. There. Yeah. We opening up. we like new beers and all that kind of stuff, but Nordies is so good. It is too. Yeah, it's really expensive. I went to a work happy hour last Friday and. Uh, I, I almost never pay attention to happy hour when they mention it. I go and look through the menu or whatever, and they had like two dollar and fifty cent twenty ounce grain belt premium or a Nordis on tap. I'm like, oh yeah, That's I'm not even it. looking at the nice beers. I'm just gonna go straight for that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, if you're paying for it, mm, right? It makes perfect well, I, I sense. Am. Yeah, it's, I don't have someone else comping my bill, so it is what it is. And speaking of not comping bills, uh, let's move right into first topic here, which is a recall. <clears throat> yeah, Ford recall, a pretty big one. Shocking. The uh, the best selling. Actually, this was. Big enough that it got onto NPR Marketplace, which is dang pretty huge for recall. Uh, yeah, and the, <laughs> I was gonna say NPR demographic doesn't seem like the uh, types that would normally buy one of these Ford vehicles either. Well, actually, Marketplace is pretty hilarious because the same episode they I also guess, they uh, also did a show on the economic impact or a episode or a segment on the econ- economic impact of heavy metal in Finland. Huh. Apparently, in Finland, their third or their their second biggest export is heavy metal music. <laughs> is that actually that no seriously contribute to a GDP? I no, it, it does. does. It yeah. really does. And it actually, yeah, it's it's like way up there. So Finland, huh. Finland's a perfect country because Finland is pretty great. Finland has made or it's produced more WRC champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- uh, rally racing is a school sport. Yeah, it has the hardest drivers test the drivers in the education. world. Yeah, and one of the latest dates of acquisition too. Yeah. It's like you start it when you're 18, but sometimes exactly. you don't finish it until... But the thing is, you can start doing <coughs> uh, the amateur rally racing when you're 13. Right, yeah. Which is great. Yep. Because uh, really all we care about is racing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, 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 like, I like driving around, but I mean, yeah. like, when you're a teenager, like, just being able to go out and race is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then... Especially when it's legal and yeah, sanctioned, it, basically. And, and then, like, <laughs> their normal pop music is, like, you know... Bathory. <laughs> it's just yeah. I don't know what that is, but I'm guessing it's probably metal. Yeah, it, it's like black okay. metal. Like black metal is considered. Well, they look at black <clears> metal, <throat> which is like yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, they look at black metal like the heaviest metal of heavy metal. <laughs> okay. In the same way that we look at hip hop in America. Oh, okay. It's just a regular. That's just thing. what happens on it's all just, of the radio. You turn on the radio. Yeah, there's like <laughs> they're number one. The band that's got number one, five, and seven on their music charts this month is a okay. death metal band. That's so you're saying all five of the top ones are the, no those three spots. They, oh, okay. they have singles in those three spots, and they've been like consistent on the top ten. Okay, and it's just like it, it's not like like not good metal. It's not like you know Nickelback or something. That's not really metal, but, right? But oh, it's God, like it's no. like it's like actual like heavy you're like thinking, Cannibal Corpse. You're thinking metal. of Creed. I yeah, believe, that's yeah. A, <laughs> no, but it's like Cannibal Corpse metal, like actual metal. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Finland's really cool. 
That is a tangent. To, to sum up, Finland is very cool. <laughs> Back to the domestic yes. automaker. So the Ford F-150, that really stupid full-size truck that you know is the most popular one, whatever. Um, apparently, <laughs> the uh, the seat belt pretensioners, which are little explosive devices, they're like a little rocket charge inside of a steel tube that shoots ball bearings into the reel. So right before you crash, the vehicle knows that, and it actually fires this thing. And what it does is it pulls the seat belt really tight across your chest. Um. Haven't haven't they abdomen. had haven't they been doing that for years without explosives? Um, no, pretensioners have always been explosive. I okay. think maybe some of them are electric motor, but all the ones I'm aware of are explosive pretensioner. I've just never. I guess I've never like in my years One-time of use. dinking around and like cars from the early '90s and '80s. Like they have pretensioners and stuff, and all those are explosive. I think like the Mercedes S class or something might have or anything with like the the forward sight. Mitigation oh, okay. thing it's that actual... use electronics just well, so it's like reusable. Because like if this fires, like you have to replace the entire seat belt. Because well, what I was thinking of is the last seat belt I tore apart was a uh, '86 GLI, okay. and that one didn't have any. It right. had like a pretentious kind of thing, I guess. Huh. But what it did was after a certain <sighs> amount of g-force yeah it just locks the seatbelt up well that's just like an inertial super reel. oh that's okay different. okay so it's different okay that will lock it those are yes those have been very common mechanical those are actually really interesting and how they're engineered yeah <laughs> that'd be are. an interesting thing to talk about in the future but um no the device i'm talking about actually will it won't just lock it in place it will actually rewind the belt a pretty significant oh amount. wow okay yeah. So what it, it does in most of them, it'll, it'll actually shoot ball bearings into like a gear. It'll shoot it between the gear and the housing. So, so it just it'll locks actually, it in place. Yep. Yeah. So it's a pretty efficient way of doing that. I took one apart on the Fiat I bought crashed a while ago. It was really cool. Y- you know you know what else is efficient if you just did like a four-point harness? Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool too and probably would save a lot of complexity and cost. Yeah. Wow. Way to go, automakers. Yeah, I'm anyway, why are you overthinking So the this? rocket charge inside of this thing is normally pretty well self-contained, yeah. but apparently in the B-pillar of some 2014 and up F-150s, it's so well like sealed up in there, and there's like gas filling or something in this B-pillar. Apparently, those two things together, fire and gas, combined with stoichiometry, catches the truck on fire when you crash it. That sounds like something you would assume happens yeah no i mean i i you know when i crash a vehicle i'd like to very much not be on fire so how many how many car accidents have you been in your life um two okay how many of those had pretensioners um how many of them Uh, how many of those cars had pretensioners both stupid little rock both of them both of them okay none of them fired though okay so i've been in four car three car accidents four yeah four car accidents in my life okay uh uh what were they in Andrew Chase's 1990 wa- uh, Wagavan. Okay, that probably didn't have any. Uh, no, I definitely did not because <laughs> my I, I cracked that dashboard with my face. <laughs> but I was fine. Okay. I might goodness. just be hard-headed. Oh, um, we got T-boned and, again, Andrew Chase's. Um, I'm noticing <laughs> a ma- pattern already. Maxima. Okay. Uh, I got rear-ended in my CRX. Okay. And then T-boned again in a Mazda MPV. MPV might have had pretensioners, depending on the year. And it was like a really early second oh, no. gen. Yeah, Super early that. second gen. Nah. Um, none of those cars are pretensioners. I'm fine. Right. Uh, you know, the Wagavan was 45 miles an hour into a tree. Damn. That, 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 I was fine. The, uh, the element pretensioners did not go either because it was a rear end impact. And then the, uh, yeah, the, the Maxima was probably about. Uh, upper 40s, so low 50s into the side of into the side of the Maxima. 
and you survived. The CRX was rear-ended 30 miles an hour. I accelerated, though, so I d- it, it limited the damage. And then the, um, yeah, the, then the MPV was like 20. I've never been hurt in a car accident. I had a... I had I had a bruise after the wagon van, but that was it. Yeah, I, I just I don't see why this is a required thing. It, it you seems have to, ridiculous. You have to try so hard to kill yourself now in a car. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So I mean, I, I, I get think, why they do it, but it's really expensive. Like this is why cars get totaled so easily now. I, I think you know what? They're probably just trying to get it. So whatever they do to help you is the most destructive way possible. Okay. To make sure that like they don't have a lawsuit or something. If well, you I mean, get into another car accident and something it, is structurally marred and was missed. And it is smart, but I mean, a lot of people that sit with good posture, the pretension device doesn't do anything more than an inertial reel. Yeah. Because if you lock you in a correct position, that's what the pretensioner is trying to do. But I mean, the reason why they do that is they, it's less calculation when they fire the airbag because it knows how far away that makes sense. from the airbag that makes you sense, will be. Then. So it's it's usually one it's a pretty significant need i get it it's a good safety device but the fact that it can't be reused yeah like you have to i mean seat belts are expensive oh yeah and so. i i have a sinking feeling that uh unlike honda ford does not have lifetime seatbelt warranties no and those are usually warranted against defect too not in crashes actually you know what i think next episode i'm gonna go into honda's lifetime seatbelt warranty because i have quite the story about that but anyway wow okay (laughs) (laughs) listen listen to us on wednesday do you have more to talk about about honda seatbelts or about two liter volkswagen engines uh no i really want to talk about that actually um because uh ford had their horrible issue with the seatbelt more seatbelts with their pretensioners yeah pretensioners yep which is on all their trucks you get that volkswagen is a class action lawsuit for all of their cars. Because I, I actually, I think if you account for the two liter turbo and the TDIs, that is almost every chassis that they have has a massive government mandated recall or a class action lawsuit. So you're talking every VAG product that has the 2OT in it? Every single one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's almost all of them. That accounts for like, it's got to be like. 90% of Volkswagens. I would think so. For sure, yeah. units moved. So you guys are probably wondering what this class action lawsuit I'm talking about is. You're probably frantically trying to Google it, so you're <laughs> in the loop. But I'll just tell you. Um, so there is a really common issue with the 2-liter turbos. Well, there are a bunch yeah, there's of really a- common Actually, I, I was describing to a customer <laughs> yesterday, and they were trying to say, well, what's wrong with the 2-liter turbo? Like, Why don't you like that engine? I said, think of the engine as a rectangular cube every single face of that all six sides of that a rectangular cube doesn't compute yeah the cube no, no, has it's, to it's be a equilateral lot, it's a well cube that's is a rectangular a three, prism a prism thank you you're welcome um a rectangular prism <laughs> you if you look at every face of that there is a very common problem that yep. happens before one hundred twenty thousand miles that would cost yeah. you two thousand dollars at least at least two thousand dollars yeah so um the Two-liter turbos have such common issues with timing chains going out on yeah. them that there's actually a class action lawsuit about them. And if you go to Volkswagen... Wasn't the piston ring thing in a class action suit, yeah, too? Yeah, that was too. Oh, um, that engine is such a turd fire. Yeah, it is an awful, awful engine. <clears throat> I know we um, rag on the two OTSI a lot, but it deserves all of the No, absolutely. I, when it, I will stand on the record whenever I have a customer coming in and yeah. they're doing a pre-purchase inspection... On a Volkswagen 2OT, and I'm in a Volkswagen shop. Yeah. 
I warn them of everything that happens to them. I say, it's not a matter of this might, this will happen to right. you. Do you really want you can to roll happen, the dice? Or do you want to find one with a 3 supercharge mm-hmm. or a 3-2? Yeah. Or do you want to grab like a jet with a five cylinder? I'd say the five cylinder or the two oh nine turbo. The three oh tur- uh, supercharge. I almost called it turbo. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even the three two ninety degrees got issues, and the, well, the VR six does. But like they last a lot longer before the v- they have... the VR six does definitely have its issues. And yeah. but the problem with the VR six is most most no. VR sixes are getting close to their timing chain issue, which is right. Get like. 180 to 200,000. Right. Somewhere and the 3290 degree is like 20,000 before that. Yeah. And, so. uh, but no, the, um, the five cylinders, the first, those are really the, good. I think it's like 0506. Those ones had timing chain issues. Really? The, fir- the very oh, first okay. year. I didn't know that. Um, but after that, they never did. Uh, and the five cylinder also is the power plant behind the world's fastest Volkswagen, front wheel drive yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah. And it's um, also, I, they won't say this, but like all of the hard point specifications are the same on that crappy 2.5 as they are on like the TTRS and yes, the RS3 true. engine. <laughs> so wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think there's a little bit of a different cylinder head, but that is the same engine. Uh, and then they also mm-hmm. have, uh, they still make the 2 liter non-turbo. Really? Yes. I know it's not the ABA anymore, but it's that it, basic engine, every, right? it, it, If you look at it, it's ABA with a plastic intake manifold. That's okay. exactly what it looks yep. like. I can't but, believe... What? Is that like base Passats that still have that? Or base what? Jettas. Really? Yep, base Jettas. Honestly, if I was going to buy a brand new Jetta... That's the only one I'd buy. I would probably buy a 2-liter with a manual. Yeah, a 2-liter non-turbo manual. That's the only one I would ever buy. Yeah. And it still smells like a Volkswagen using <laughs> like PTSD to like giving people horrible phone calls. So it smells like crayons? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, I want to get back to this lawsuit because... Sure, sure. All right, We're my really my, sh- uh, my shop usually to correctly do timing chains you yeah. come in at about twenty five hundred dollars. On a Some, two OTS, yeah. yeah, okay. A, a Is it lo- the same on a front wheel drive and an all wheel drive? Uh, it's the, it, it's kind of a ballpark because okay, sure. you're you don't have to do much on the backside because it's yeah. all on the up front. All right. Um, but so the, yeah, so you it's about twenty five hundred bucks at my shop. Dealers apparently some of them have been charging like sixty five hundred dollars. That's more than the vehicles are worth. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people like yeah class action lawsuits. So if you go if you had your timing chain done at a Volkswagen dealer mm-hmm. and you can provide complete service records of the vehicle, every single oil change and everything, yeah, they will refund you entirely the sixty five hundred dollars. That's pretty rad. That is pretty cool. If you go to an aftermarket shop, they will give you uh, a is it percentage. Like a pro-rated? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, they give you a percentage. Like it's I think it's like like ten percent or something. I'm not sure. I. I couldn't find the actual number that they gave. Um, well, oh. It looks like it is prorated as well. Oh, okay, there it is. Perfect. So, yeah, like less than 60,000 miles. And, uh, less than five years ago, it's 100% of your money back. Which if is it was, all of them. <laughs> if it was 10 years ago at 100,000 miles, that's 25% back. But see, the thing is, what gets me here is almost every single one of these timing chains is done... Actually, yeah, within this range, between sixty and a hundred thousand. So yeah, you can get somewhere between seventy and twenty-five percent. This table is sort of half acknowledging the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like all of the typical failure ranges are covered. Yeah. Uh, Look how many lawsuit name company whatever things the lawyer companies are listed in this. Oh paragraph. yeah, it, it reads like a book. <laughs> it is just insane. Smegman, Wright, LLP, Seeger, Weiss, and Barron. Yeah, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Um. But yeah, no, I think um, my shop alone had four people on Monday come in after they announced this oh was God. actually happening. I think we're up to about 12 people 
because we've had, we had about four a day. So yeah, about twelve, somewhere between twelve and sixteen, we had around four a day come That's in getting their service records for these of TSIs. This, I think, this would be a really quiet. I think Volkswagen's be really quiet about this, but I think financially, this has the potential to be about as impactful, Diesel if not gate? more. Than Dieselgate, I think so too. Because I mean, that's, that's a lot of payouts. It's a lot of payouts, and, <clears throat> and they're not are... getting a car back to resell. Exactly, and that, <laughs> that's the thing is like Dieselgate, you can mitigate your losses like to a degree. Like lost sales, Dieselgate is going to do more. I, actually, well, yeah. I think between I mean, Dieselgate and the two OT engine fucking existing, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and most of the Dieselgate engines were two liter turbocharged engines. Yeah, they were. Well, but the, the engines weren't the problem. It was no, that that was the tuning. Yeah, but right. yeah, it's it's uh it's not a not a good thing for Volkswagen. If there's a person I don't want to be right now, it's the Volkswagen, Volkswagen Auto Group. A Volkswagen executive is pretty high <laughs> on that list. You know you're going to get escorted out of a building at some point and put into a BMW diesel police car. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which ironically had its own recall. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's it is what it is. I'll still buy my mommy's car when she's done with it. Yeah, no, that's it, you know wagons are cool. I think a lot of people get here with Volkswagens. They go, oh, it's a wagon. Oh, it, it's available in America. Oh, it's got a turbocharged engine and it's that's, got manual transmission. Uh, that's getting harder to find wagons in North America. I, yeah, I know manufacturers really aren't bringing them to us anymore, and, and I can't even get a minivan anymore. <sighs> it's like I have to get either. Well, they they I, still sell minivans here, but like the ones we get are all exactly the same, and they don't have like. They're not the smaller European minivans with. It's called yeah the MPVs option yeah, yeah. That, that's like, what it's actually called that's the class is no, an MPV a multi-person like, they don't vehicle call people carriers. No, I mean like a, a Renault Espace was called an MPV. Oh, and really? Mazda MPV was because they just didn't have a name for it. So what are wagons classified under? Estates. Okay, yeah. but isn't that just from like Germany? No, oh. that's just most of Europe. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the United States of America, where we love wagons but we don't buy them. Yeah. Um, do you know that Toyota? That, okay, a couple of months ago, we talked about that new 2019 Corolla hatch. Yes, it's a six-speed. Awesome, cool. They also make a really, really sexy wagon version of that thing. And you know what? They're not bringing it to us. Of course not. Look at look at That's that. That's really I just cool. brought it up on the video thing. That That's thing a is perfect. It's super cool looking. You want? You, I would be okay. And it's reliable. I bet that has the same suspension as a Corolla hatch. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. If they lifted that and brought to us as a semi crossover, stretch the wheelbase. If they brought that to us as a, like a semi quasi crossover thing, like an Outback, yeah. I'd be 100% okay yeah, with it. Yeah, put cladding on it and raise it in it, like a Golf All Track. Or an Outback, Dude, yeah. Also, speaking of that, wagons not selling in America. Yeah. The best selling Subaru is the Outback, like consistently every single year. Yes. So, balls to wagons not selling. Well, but I mean, but that thing's like a CUV, you know, high and stupid looking it is. It's still just a lifted up. Legacy wagon. I've never you, seen one of those lowered. Do they look okay? They look actually lowered? really cool lowered, especially with the cladding. Okay. Because um, you can get, you know, they have those kind of stupid one-inch blank spaces on the wheel wells. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a plastic piece of cladding that you can get for like two hundred bucks that goes over that. Nice. It looks really, really good. So it's it's like people uh, retroing the uh, the current all road. They'll, yeah. They'll buy like the Euro street trim or whatever and they'll put it on them and they'll lower it and yeah. actually look pretty good or the uh the cross track um yeah yeah e- ian the guy one of the guys at modern mode performance for a while he had mm-hmm. a cross track and uh yeah he got it because he kept getting tickets in his other car so he had something slow <laughs> so, <laughs> but he uh no he got a cross track he put in just like normal impressive suspension yeah 
<laughs> and like, I suppose well, you could do that. It was based on the same thing. It, it's the same thing. Yeah, it just bolts bolts right in. Drop <laughs> the car down like two inches, and it looked really good, especially with like the more aggressive cross track wheels. Like yeah. the wheels, they're love it or hate it. Really, I mean, oh, most people hate them. Most I'm of the cross track okay wheels, them. I'm okay with. There's a a new. Their newest one, I'm not a big the fan of. The new wheels on their Outback, you know, I don't like. Subaru, they are the master of making uh, the horrible wheel. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Have you seen the new CRV three spokers? No, I've not. Those are really terrible. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about like the 2011 or so Outback six spoke where three spokes are narrower than the other three spokes. Oh, no. That wheel gives me anxiety every time I see it. Look how good the wheels look on this Corolla wagon we don't get. Yeah, those are fantastic. Yeah, they're nice. They look like RAV4 wheels. They kind of do. But they're like an inch bigger because we're not going to get them in this country. Of course not. Uh, also, you know, that's another thing I'm kind of not, I'm not a big fan of. is a whole giant though. wheel fan. Yeah, I, I like a, a nice meaty tire on a reasonably sized wheel because we have such shit roads here. I just, I, I like the look of a meaty tire. I, Me I don't want I don't want to like a giant wheel, you but know. I also don't like the 1970s where we had like 14-inch wheels and 75 Yeah, no, no, there's, so. there's, a, there's a happy medium. Like, I'm okay. Early 1990s where we were running the bigger tires on the 15s and 16s. Mmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those now are, we're talking. Early 90s. Uh, you know, I'll even go to... Um, the 80s. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, but my reasoning for that is... You still had a meaty tire, yeah, but you're getting these like weird wheel offsets, like on the Celica Supra, like that's a 14 by eight, yeah, but it's like a factory wheel, it's a minus 20 offset. Oh, it's yeah. just really well, cool. Cars had smaller brakes back in the day. Oh, it's very apparent on the Cressida, and well, I mean, to, or not the Cressida, the uh, the the <laughs> Celica Supra, right. like that was a, de- a determining factor of me getting rid of that car, right? <laughs> but I mean, there are reasons behind. You know, going to a way higher offset wheel. I mean, it's a little easier to work around. But, but... If, you, if you look at this, yeah, like this Corolla, mm-hmm. like you have that massive wheel, but inside that massive wheel, you have a pretty small brake. You can probably go down an inch on that wheel. And, like, oh, and easily, be fine. Yeah, I'm sure you could put. I'm sure you could put 16s on this like, thing, no problem. My van can go but down an inch. The reason I think why we see this more and more now is because in order to do all-wheel drive, you need a high offset wheel. That's not true. have yeah. bad suspension behavior, and also this cures a lot of torques here. So it looks dumb, yeah. But there's a good reason behind why they do it. So and you can also, if you're using a corporate engine size on a smaller car, it's easier to have the narrow wheelbase. Or as the long narrow, as it's not a German corporate. Not, not, not the near, not the, the narrow wheelbase. The near, the narrow track width. Track width. Thank yeah, you. You're uh, and still fit everything inside of it. It's just easier to just bump out to like. Oh, for a sure. Plus 45 yeah. offset, which looks stupid. But I mean, the platforms are so flexible now that they don't have to stretch the wheel offset. They can literally just move the hard points. Also, probably the best factory wheel I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, no. The Mitsubishi Starion, that was five spokes. Oh, yeah, I agree. That, that might be the best factory wheel of all time. That's a really good looking time. wheel. And that's, that's a fairly, that's like a 16 or something. Although, I would actually, do you know what? This is going to probably surprise you. The Tesla Model 3. I like those. The best with the aero covers off. Yes. That's like the best looking factory wheel I've seen in a long time. Yes, that they looks look really like cool. like lightweight BBS wheels. You know what else is actually a really cool wheel? What? If you take the aero covers off of Priuses. Yeah. yeah like like they have actually gen, really cool wheels under here. gen Prius without the aero covers. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw those wheels on, oh, what was it? It was something, it was some I sort of... taking the covers off my V when I rented it. I think I think I think it was a uh, a FC RX7. I saw it really? at like a track day. 
and probably looked pretty good on there. Yeah, and, and like he used them for track wheels. Mm-hmm. Like they were they're perfect. I'm for sure, it. they're unbelievably light, but they're yeah, probably they're, really narrow. They're kind of narrow, but, you can but cram it's a like on it, whatever. Well, the thing it was, it was like an autocross day, but it was oh, like, okay. it, but for like an FCRX7, you're not making it. It was like a non-turbo. It didn't make a ton of power, but yeah. like the lightweight wheel, and it's it made sense. It was right. a really sensible decision for that car, and That's it looked really cool. good. If I uh, if I end up doing the first gen Insight K24 all wheel drive swap, which I found an Insight in Mankato for six hundred dollars, there you go. I might do that. Um, it's a five bolt car, but like I still want to maintain. Actually, it's a four bolt car. It'll be getting okay. five bolt stuff, but like I want to maintain the look. And there's a probably more for the wheel size that you're gonna need. Yeah, you probably have more options if you stay four bolt. But the thing is, I have to run the five bolt in the back. I think. Because I don't think I can run a four bolt all wheel drive Honda rear end. You get, I think if you use ooh, that's a good point. So like maybe if I got like a wagon man. I was I was or, I was originally gonna say um, the EP three, but then like the that four leg hub never came with all wheel drive system. So yeah, so we'll have to go five bolt. Which I mean, it's it's fine. I'm probably gonna end up Prius wheels doing this anyway. But the really thing cool. is, like, it would be way easier if I left the front four bolt and made the rear five bolt. Just for the sake of the swap. And That'd be hilarious. Well, so. actually, no, I mean, because isn't the Insight based off the EK? Like, I, the front you, end? You would know. I don't know. I, well, if something, if, if I don't I'm, think it's based on anything because it's all aluminum little front control arm. Well, I mean, so. like the the geometry always. I'm not sure. But if it is based off the EK, which would be totally plausible for Honda, you could get a Insight and then you could do a... Five bolt like swap, like GSR hubs and stuff. Right? Yeah, you could run like Integra stuff or in like NSX brakes and everything. I want small wheels though. I mean, the thing's gonna boogie no matter what. I'm gonna try to pull up the Craigslist ad for the one I was looking. Yeah, at. actually, the NSX brakes aren't that huge. Here it is. It's got the old uh, like what do you call those wheels? Oh, dude, CRX buttons. Yeah, so it's got buttons on. Yeah, it. dude, I got those in my Civic. I love those wheels. Right, it actually looks really proper on the first gen Insight. Those are some of my favorite factory wheels. So like, yeah, it's a rebuilder, and it currently has a motor, trans, and battery in it. But I asked him if he would take less for it without that, and he said yes. Perfect. So I'm probably gonna buy that and shove a K24 in it. I would be about that. That'd be perfect. I'm gonna try to make it all wheel drive, but if I can't, just front wheel drive. What are you gonna do with those buttons? Well, when I have other wheels and tires, sell mm. them to you. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the plan for the element. Just kind of sneaking that in there. But I, uh, I, I don't need them. Those are just they're they're I don't up need there. Most of the stuff. The, these got, so. those wheels. Like, do yeah. you ever have like a list of like wheels or something? If they come up for sale, you just buy them. You just buy them. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, that that's that's my. Uh, oops. <laughs> Thanks, Jana. Um, <laughs> that's, she's still with us, even when she's yeah. not with us. Um, no, that's my like four by 100. I will always buy this if I find it in good condition, like wheel. I feel like you have probably several of those. I've got one for each wheel size for cars I own. I have a list of things I will never buy if something's in it, on it, or with it. And that is any German corporate four cylinder turbo engine made. Yes. From 2011 and on. I I do, I kind of, I think. You're you're right. Um, we should move on, but I want (laughs) to. Sorry. (laughs) No, that was just a tangent and a half. Um, now, I think we should go back to the 2OT because, like, this really should be said. Um, Wait, we haven't reamed these engines enough. Yeah, yet. no, it's not it's just, not just the TSI. Yeah. No, BMW. The N20 and the Porsche. B48. Yeah. The Mercedes 1.9 because, of course, it's a 1.9 with Mercedes because uh-huh. they don't care about homologation. Uh, they just like to mess with numbers for fun. Yeah. That's Mercedes, Mercedes theirs sucks. <laughs> uh, Audi's, which is Volkswagen, sucks. 
I feel like there's probably other ones that are really bad too, but I'm blanking on. I'm, I think the Ford one's pretty good. The Ford ones are pretty decent, but I mean, like it's really it's really the European ones. Yeah. Because well, what they're trying to do, especially the Germans, mm-hmm. um, and it's more with the Germans than anybody else. Yeah. Because like Ford or somebody, they can take a hit on performance and be okay. Right. Germans. Every German car is known as like being like, well, the steel BMW's catchphrase, the ultimate driving machine. Like they're all known. Like everybody just yeah. assumes German equals performance. Right. So they stress so, out their engines a lot more. Yeah. So you get these cars where it's like, well, suddenly you have these ridiculous fuel economy and emission standards that you have to meet next year. Exactly. And you, oh, you also can't take a hit on performance because <clears throat> you don't want to end up like America in 1977. Because people won't buy your shit. Yeah. So <clears throat> what they're doing is they're, um, getting as much performance as they can out of it, yep. and they extend the oil change intervals yep. to be able to hit the emission standards because oil change does affect your emissions. Yep. Where yeah, they work Volkswagen in the, says, the oil stuff into your carb standards in your cafe. Yeah. So, like, Voltsen says 10K, BMW says, like, 15 or something. They used to, Mercedes. now they're down to 7,500 again, thank God. Good. What, what's Mercedes? They're probably something I don't know, ludicrous. probably, like, 50,000. Yeah, just, you don't. You just don't. Lifetime oil? Yeah, lifetime oil. Yo, dog, you got any of that lifetime oil? Here's your lifetime zero W10 oil. <laughs> but um zero w8 yeah exactly uh but no it's just one of those things like really it's not even a brand thing it is entirely just like this has to happen like the way it is and they've it's, put themselves in a hole where i think if they, they could engineer around this but they don't yeah they could because the right. engineering team doesn't engineer these things with the the ridiculous oil change intervals with them. No, it's... I mean, if, if they did that and they put wider chains and bigger guides and different oiling systems, they could... <clears throat> pardon me. They could get away with it. You probably could, but... but these then, engines were all but engineered. Then you have, but then you have overhead right. as well. So you have to... I it, think it'll be curious to see the next generation of the corporate German four-cylinder if it gets way better. I don't think it will. In all honesty. I mean, honestly, they got to keep their dealers in business, so I think you're right. Well, I the don't thi- think it'll get better. I don't think it will, but the the thing is... They have to guarantee that engine for the warranty. Right. And they all have names that they can rest on. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying, I'm buying a Subaru to a normal person, they're still like, Ugh. you know, you have to, you still have to get people Good. in the door. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're saying, I'm buying a BMW, people are like, dope. Like, that's the thing is they don't have to do anything. They could literally make a turd, which they're doing with these four cylinders. Yeah. And be okay. Yeah. And the thing is, these only come in the cheap cars. When you get to their flagship That's models, true. Yeah. when you get to their flagship models, except for Volkswagen. Well, yeah. Because you can get it in a Macan, the two OT. Well, that's not flagship. That's still a flagship I'm, mark, though. I but mean, I'm talking like stuff like the 911s, the S class, oh, okay, the Seven yeah. Series. Yeah, okay. These cars, like the the real like Halo cars, those ones aren't getting these engines with these issues. Well, in BMW land, they're getting worse engines. These engines are, yeah, I guess. But the the, these these engines are designed to be the one that, like, this is what we can do. Right. Whereas these other ones are like, this is our moneymaker. We don't right. care about these people. We make 700,000 of these a day. Yeah. Whereas, like, we make <clears> 700 <throat> of these a year. Right. You know? For the V12s. Or yeah, for the yeah. V12s. We don't sell as many. And right. the, the 2OT allows us... To make, yep. you know, the the V the V10 like R8. My Fiat 500e is why they can make Hellcats and Demons. Exactly. So, but that's the thing is with the 500e, mm-hmm. that's more reliable. Oh, way more reliable than yeah. any of these. <laughs> so, I would just say, I think it should be our, our top tip would be uh, if you are looking to purchase a German vehicle, 
do not, do not buy, buy a corporate. Don't buy the four cylinder. Four cylinder. Don't buy the two liter turbo. It is entirely okay to get a cheaper Japanese car or American car or something. Or just get the six cylinder engine. Because you know what's cooler than an Audi A4 with a 2OT sitting in a shop getting timing chance? What? Driving a Chevy Cruze with a manual transmission to work. Yeah, wait. So you can afford something that's actually Especially awesome. If it's a diesel hatchback. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing. So is much like, better. Would you would you rather have a kind of cool car that you can barely afford, or would you rather save up to get something actually awesome? Well, you know the answer to that in the United States. Yeah, it's a kind of cool. People are like, oh, I want an Audi. I'm like, dude, that has a 3.0 V6, a CVT, and it's front wheel drive. <laughs> the Audi. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. No, they U- don't know how to pronounce Audi. Audi? Audi. Audi. Oh, thanks, Gary. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, I'm going to move yeah, on move to a on. less depressing topic. Yeah, Let's please. talk about EVs, because apparently this is like halfway turning into an EV podcast. Whatever. No, EVs, <laughs> EVs are great. EVs and are wonderful. Yeah, um, that, that's the future of the driver's car, So, I think. you're aware of the BMW i3? Yeah. Clearly. I assume Corey it's is, It's real drive. He's retarded. It's cool. Yep. So, there was... They started off with a 24-kilowatt-hour battery. Same yeah. pack with the Samsung cells as my Fiat. In 2015, they upped it to a 30-kilowatt-hour. Pretty awesome. Next year, they're upping it to a... I think it's 39 or 40. We talked about it on the yeah. podcast. Uh, but there is a third-party company in Germany that yeah. is doing battery research for lightweight, high-density batteries. And cool. they took an off-the-shelf i3 with a 32-kilowatt-hour battery, and they put a 100-kilowatt-hour battery pack in it. And it will now do 435 miles on a single charge. I will do that. I, I'm like, I don't know what that costs, but like, I would consider getting a pretty aggressive car loan to have that. That that would also um, improve performance too, right? Uh, well, with a bigger motor, it would. It oh, might, is, it might, the, is the motor like maxed out? Or? Well, yeah. Usually they're sized to be pretty much okay full bore. <laughs> well, because like with these with these motors, like with the. Yeah. Insight, what yeah. a lot of people do is they run cube batteries, or not cube, um, uh, leaf batteries. Oh, okay. yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. the leaf battery on the electric oh, motor, sure. yeah. just because you're sending more power to, the, to it, yep. just you add like 20 horsepower. Yeah, I mean, it, there definitely would be a power bump, for sure. I mean, that's just uh, inherent with how fast they can discharge. The first gen Insight used a nickel cadmium battery. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's bad. And the, uh, the Leaf uses lithium ions. Yeah, exactly. That, um, that's that's why people. These are both uh, managed lithium, lithium nickel cobalt batteries. But, you know, I, I hope this is. I mean, it's cool. I mean, they didn't modify the interior at all. So the fact that they fit that into a relatively small city car means that manufacturers can do this. And, like, granted, the pack in that thing probably costs like 30 or 35 grand. Well, what I think. Uh, this is just, I'm not even, I don't even really, I'm not caring about manufacturers right now. What right. I'm looking at is the future of performance tuning yeah. and stuff like that. So For sure. the future of hot rodding. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in 10 years. Jegs is going to be selling inverter kits. No, I, I, <laughs> in, in 10 years, it's going to be really, really hard to sell. Hey, buy this straight six car yeah. to a teenager. Right. And the teenagers, these are the kids that are going to, they're going to continue on the automotive gearhead kind of movement. Yeah. I'm not even going to say petrol head. It's because petrol <laughs> heads are their dying breed. It's a gearhead thing. Well, I hate the term gearhead. And that's more I know. Like it's an, it's annoying. Thing, it's an annoying term. I like petrol head, but it's just, it's not accurate. Um, but no, the, the car enthusiast, the, these are the people that are going to be moving this on. And the fact that you can take something like an I3 and now you can get more performance out of it. Yeah. Every single person that's ever said the electric cars are the death of performance 
are really they really, really haven't driven a modern electric car. No, they they're, they're getting all all the cotton mouth in the world from eating their shirts. Like oh, it's that's just <laughs> that's a very graphic metaphor. <laughs> they, it's picturing a really unhappy guy with like syrup drenched shirt and a fork <laughs> and knife going into his mouth. Like, he's hey, just yeah. really dehydrated, <laughs> like all veiny and dehydrated and gross. It's like watching yeah. Corey eat a flapjack. Yeah, it's it's just it's a disgusting thing. So no, I'm I'm really happy. I love EVs. I think they're really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I hope that this becomes more commonplace, and I'm glad that I, there's it, companies out there that can modify the damn thing. I, I know it's going to become more, more commonplace. I, I know, but like, how quickly? Like, I just want somebody to like just make something that like really like damn, I need that right now. Oh yeah, no, it's, I'll say I'm gonna give it five to ten years before we start seeing some yeah. like like really silly EVs because like I want it to be in three years because I think that's when I'm gonna roll that thing over a hundred thousand miles and void the battery warranty. And then at that point, I'll probably try to change to a different car. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but um, <laughs> or if you just did kept the car and did a like a Tesla battery or something, if like found a way to do right. that. Yeah, if they open up the the encryption for the. The controller, for sure. I would modify I, it now. And I also think that te- that if Tesla opens up their, or it, like if, if you even start doing Tesla stuff with performance, right, that would make Tesla the Ford of EVs. Yeah, because for sure. the Ford V8 revolutionized everything, and yep. if the Tesla, you know, battery can revolutionize EVs, mm-hmm. this will be a whole nother era. Did you just say whole new nother? era? Thank you. Uh, a whole new era of performance tuning, and I think it'd be just the coolest thing in the world. I agree. I mean, I don't care who does it. I hope Bosch does, just because. You want know, you know else? I'm, this is just a little small thing. You know how much easier it's to be street racing with well, silent When they can't cars? pinpoint it with sound? They, they can't <laughs> listen to the guy with the open <laughs> header, like, 3.8 V6 Grand oh. Prix ruining everything. Yeah, no, now it's going to be a guy with the totally silent 500E. the 4,500 RPM limiter and neutral. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, if... Um, if you have a Grand Prix and you were thinking about buying a 2OT, buy a 2OT. Yep. Yeah, that's they're, a, they're that's good. the only car worse than 2OT. But just go buy a... <laughs> I yeah. just don't want to listen to your garbage oh. V6. Um, anyway. Yep. I want to talk about kids getting into cars. Like physically? Like, no, not physically, but like getting involved with them. Oh, okay. And you're talking specifically the generation upcoming or... Sure. When... You first got into cars. Yes. I must be blunt. Did video games like Gran Turismo have anything to do with that? No. Do you know anybody that before that happened? Do you know anybody else that did? No. Corey, me, sixty-six percent of the people in this room, both got into cars from games like like really got into like being about them from video games. We just we just got nice cars. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm sorry that. We, we didn't got, we grow up in the one percent used BMWs. I'm sorry we didn't grow up in the one percent with top hats and I, silver spoons. I didn't either, but then we, <laughs> then we got there and it was great. But anyway, <laughs> no, the thing is, for a lot of kids, mm-hmm. like you can admit that video games had something to do with them getting my into cars. nephew Cohen's a great example of your point. Exactly. Me. Although we also have a lot. <laughs> Every <laughs> single person <laughs> that knows what an R32 GTR that is, is a sweeping generalization. Do you really think there was that many? How is your formal fallacy working out? So, <laughs> Mike, all right. How, how, many, how many people do I'm you know you that me. are 13 years old? None. That go to, like a, like, a comic book store and find, like, an options magazine. Like, it's all in Japanese and go find a picture of R32. 
Nobody does that. You find out about cars like Comic this from video games. Anymore. I don't. Yes, they do. I go to them every day. Oh. Not every day, but once a week <laughs> to buy my comics that I, I subscribe to. I would like to never, ever see a budget of yours. It's awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so this is kind of old news, but Toyota, they aren't licensing cars to video games anymore. What are they, Porsche in the 90s? Yes. And you know what their reasoning is? What? That... Uh, apparently, people aren't buying cars because uh, you can get them in video games, and it's video games' fault that they're losing sales. Are you fucking serious? Which to me means that my means of conveyance I can just own digitally. I never knew this entire time. But, Ryan, you wouldn't download a car. <laughs> I saw it in a TV thing on the movie theater that one time. So, from the MPAA. This entire time, my 700 horsepower all-wheel drive, two JZ swapped, A86, I've gotten Forza Horizon. Which is totally believable. I can drive to work every day, apparently. I didn't know I could drive that to work every day, and apparently I'm just a fool. So, wow, you've been duped. Yeah, I've really been duped by been duped physics. duped by the video game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, physics. Physics. I totally missed the ball Fi- on that one, Physics, uh, th- that duped me. Uh, oh, my God. No, this. I think this is just totally ridiculous, because... I mean, all right, so there are literal car companies, like most, uh, not most, so there are a lot of car companies that will debut a car in a video game. Yeah. To get it into people's hands, to go, look at this cool car, like, and then people go and the buy it. The actual car kind of isn't ready and sucks right now, but here is what it's going to be. Exactly. Like, nobody nobody knows what the W Motors Lycan is unless you've played, like, Forza. Corey does. Didn't Porsche do that with the GT2 RS or whatever? Probably uh, Forza. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they literally, Thank they you. literally did with Forza Seven. Forza. I don't care. They literally did with Forza Seven. You're never gonna get a Forza sponsorship that way. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and you know why I'm not? Because they don't have the EG Civic in the game. I don't want a Forza sponsorship. I want a Gran Turismo sponsorship. Eh, you know, in all honesty, everybody says that, but really, Gran Turismo is a lot more boring than Forza these days. Forza. I don't care. Um, <laughs> No, I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where I think that Toyota, they're trying to find a scapegoat for the fact that it is just unbelievably expensive to own. I didn't it, even it, notice the title of that article. Toyota exec, realistic video games make cars unnecessary. Wow. See what I mean? I've been duped. That guy's got his finger the, on the pulse of America, boy. I've, <laughs> I've been duped by physics. This is also, like, really old. It's from, like, seven years ago. Yeah, that's, that's Gran Turismo 4 or something. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not good. But I mean, no, no it's so they they've been on this path of like limiting things. But when I, I recently picked up Forza Seven because it, it was seven. I don't care. Uh, I recently was that picked next up, to your Austin Martin. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I, I recently picked it up because it was forty percent off sure. on the the Windows Marketplace, which is you know I see forty percent off, I have to buy it. Um, Windows Windows Xbox. Yeah, and I know yeah. what it is. I'm well aware. Well, because I was playing Forza Horizon, and I was, which I, I bought, um, but no, that I, I saw was on. It was discounted. I went in there. There were literally no Toyotas. The only Toyotas in there were like Arctic trucks, like Ooh, Hilux. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Every NASCAR Camry. They didn't have an FJ Cruiser. No. What the hell? And then, and then like a, a single Le Mans car. Which, well, which Le Mans car was I it? I don't know. Okay. One I of the cool, like, like, late 80s Well, ones? because I, I was... All right, so I was looking for, like, an FJ40, FJ Cruiser, like, a GT86, anything. Literally anything. 
a Supra. They did. They had nothing. So, like the A86s and everything, they weren't there. Well, at least we have like legacy car racing games that have all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I, I I immediately went back to Forza Horizon Three and got into like a '72 Corolla and was really happy. But I mean, still, all is right with the world. Yeah. And I, that, but that's the thing is like actually For, Forza Seven Thank is you. actually a really good game. But I have no doubt that I mean they're. The Forza team does a much better job at making new games. Yeah, they really do. And, but well, they the, don't make a better game. No, they don't. I, I still think that the probably one of the best semi-simulation racing games I've ever played is Grand Turismo 4. But the thing is, is like 5, 6, 7 I think in sport yeah. all weren't good. They just weren't. And the period. fact that it's like seven years between releases these days they is pretty se- It's seven years in between releases, and they still or not, not still because they finally get rid of them. But for Forza 5 and 6, yeah. not Forza 5 and 6, Gran Turismo 5 and 6, mm-hmm. they still had the car models from 4. Yeah, well, they, not, that's not entirely true. They had a bunch from 4 because they didn't want to, they couldn't port the new ones fast enough or yeah, whatever. They had, so they, they had a, like a core group of brand new, they really had a, gorgeous. They had 1,000 cars. They had yep. 200 ones that they actually modeled and yep. everything else yep. awkwardly looked out of place. 800 Gran Turismo 4 cars, like but, driving through all their pixels. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like when you're, ra- when you're playing the game, like yeah. you're in this like immersive experience when yeah. you're in your... Mm, Which is fine. That's kind of like an earlier release game, but when they didn't fr- fix in it. In your Ferrari F40, Ooh. and then you get... In, then you're, you look in your corner and then you have a Mazda R380 drive by with all 200 of its pixels showing yeah. and a the, shiny pixelated... <laughs> non-anti-alias glory. That's like that... Um, Corey, who did the... Uh, what was it? Doom 3? The down sample to make it run on an old Voodoo, Voodoo 2 graphics oh, card? And they yeah. took all the 128 by 128 texture resolutions and dropped them to like 16 by 16. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's a lot like what the game looked like. No, th- that's exactly it. It's just it's just ridiculous. And I think... Um, Oh my God. But yeah, no, I just the whole world of video games right now just has me up in arms. But Crystal World in Cars has me up in arms. I'm just seeing her flailing all the time. Do you know what has me up in arms? Hmm. Do you see that Doug Demiro started a second YouTube channel? What? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Why? I didn't click on it. I don't know. I didn't click on it. But now he has okay. like page shills in the beginning of his videos. I, I and stuff think too. I think we should move on to our Patreon and get me off this rant. Um, so oh, our pa- our Patreon this week is um. Our what are what is favorite our, automotive? What is slash R, what are our favorite automotive what shows is, or YouTube channels? And yeah. then there's two subcategories, which I'll help you out with once again. Thank you. <laughs> Entertainment, entertainment, and educational. Ed- I think let's just combine them to edutainment. Edutainment. Yep. <laughs> you can't see Corey's face, but it's very livid. Um. So I don't know. Do you want to go first, or should I? Yeah, I guess I can. Um, right, sounds good. So automotive only. Uh, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna separate YouTube from TV shows. Okay. YouTube for entertainment. I'm gonna have to say is honestly I feel gross saying this. Donut Media is really up there for me. Like I their first they did these up the speed videos where I talked about like an entire car and the first one they did on the Skyline. Yeah. Had me just I, I was ass mad and actually. Because there's just a bunch of shit they got fucking wrong. Oh, dude. That's and so I, I wrote I an article about. on Japanese nostalgia car, but they've actually gotten like way better now. And they actually do some like really cool stuff. Like did Jalopnik poach that one? No, they didn't. Okay, luckily. Good. Wow, nice. They, I, they've actually calmed down poaching oh, my shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So is ma- your shit getting worse or are they getting better? I don't know. It might be getting worse. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that, right? <laughs> so the um, 
Yeah, so so don't media. They also have like wheelhouse a bunch of other stuff, and they upload really consistently. You know, it's it's funny you know, pop culture references, sure. but it's also you know fairly you know educational. They still occasionally get stuff wrong, but it's mu- they they actually have a team behind them that actually does more fact te- fact checking. Yeah, now, I feel like which a lot of huge. the donut videos I've watched have been technically pretty good. Yeah, they've been getting a lot better. They're not like saying. Nissan's first race car was the 2000 GTB, and then I I wanted to fly to California and strangle everybody there because that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily, there's probably a bunch of other Nissan people in California that especially. were all there, like yeah. throwing bricks through their window <laughs> <laughs> with love notes taped to them. Um, I think also with Entertainment 1320 videos, consistently pretty solid. Um, I am yeah, they Ty, do a decent job. I am Ty Boogie. They're they're okay. They used to be a lot better than they are now. Now it's like the same five cars racing against each other, and just isn't as good. Hmm. Um, <laughs> no, ed- that sounds riveting. Educational. Uh, yeah. Jalen Lewis Garage number one. Okay. That interesting. It's educational. Okay. Oh, it's super educational. No, I, there's yeah. a lot of good facts in there. I'm just that's surprising. That that's my definite number one. Um, <laughs> Speed Academy is up there. A couple of guys from Modified Magazine before it got it was a it was a spinoff of Super Street Magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Is that the one that makes that awesome video game that's coming out? Uh, <laughs> game's to be such a pile of shit. Um, <laughs> so I, was I was really excited for it, and then I looked more into it. Like, wow, this would be terrible. I was writing the blurb for like the the episodes on Forty Three, and I was just chuckling the whole time <laughs> writing. I'm like the awful Super Street game. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, no, so th- they do these big huge builds kind of like mighty car mods yeah okay sure but instead of being so like haha and oh shit i have to mention mighty car mods for sure they're definitely up there they used but to be for me but th- that's the thing is speed academy they've kind of take they're like the canadian mighty car mods and have, have they started selling out no okay no not at all um and then actually speaking of australian shannon's insurance I've never even heard of whatever the hell There's this Australian insurance company. Okay. And they're like the Australian version of Haggerty. Oh, okay. And they have really, really, really good... It's called uh, Shan's Car Club, where they talk about a model of car. That's kind of cool. And they're really solid. Like, they, they, Well, they would probably have to be. I feel like a lot of the people that work for Collectors Insurance have yeah. to know a lot. No, it, it, there's a lot of shit that I, I didn't know about weird cars that they do... You know, the Australian collector market. So a lot of Skylines, Japanese stuff, Holdens, and European cars like Volvo, mm-hmm. Amazons, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they go into, like, the racing pedigrees of the car. God damn. And like, they go into, like, how they were designed and, like, how they sold, how they fared in the market. That's they incredible. did one on the Pulsar, which was, ama- like, really, really good that, like, hmm. I actually used for when I was writing an article on the on the Pulsar um, for JapaneseNostalgicCar.com. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that that Shannon's is definitely up there. Um, I'll probably think of something else while you're mentioning sure. yours. Yeah, I'll start. You can inter- spend, interject at any I time. I spend a there. lot of time on YouTube. <laughs> so I know this specifically says automotive shows and YouTube channels, but like, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'll start with TV. No, um, this this replay. Oh shit! I totally forgot about TV. You go, go first. No, no, no. Go for it. Oh, I haven't okay. started yet, so you're good. Okay, cool. Chasing classic cars. Yep. Favorite. Car show on TV right yep. now. Period. Yep. Top Gear went away, um, and now Top Gear is kind of all right. Kinda Actually, you know, I'm not gonna there. lie. Modern Top Gear, it's not the same. But if you go into it, the new Top Gear is great. If you go Rory into Reed, Chris Harris, and, if you uh, go into new one. Top Gear and you want a car review show, uh-huh. but not Top Gear, mm-hmm. that's a great show. Oh, and the the Motor Week retro reviews. Oh, God, those yeah. are great too. 
But um, yeah, John Davis. Welcome to Motor Week 88. We're glad to have you with us. I love John Today Davis. Today we have the Nissan Pulsar NX Turbo. Uh, and then <clears throat> I, I know you don't, you weren't a fan of it, but JDM Legends. That I really like sucks ass. But it, it's, it sucks ass because you don't like those kind of car build no, shows. No, because they didn't do shit to any of them. That they just did normal shop work. Yeah, that's dumb. You don't work in a shop. To me, those they're just like people pulling their nice cars out of storage, bringing them there, and then they just like start them and like clean all the fluids out and change everything. And then, have you ever watched any car building show ever? It's either that or you have West Coast Customs. But like, they act like they just bubble. reinvented like the ball bearing by like putting fresh oil and like a vintage no, Datsun five ten. No, they just have a, they just have a anyway. Uh, they have an annoying neither producer. here nor there. I'm glad you enjoy that yeah. show. Some. Also, maybe if if Eric Bizak or Josh from the show wants to come on anytime, I'd nope. be more than happy. Nope. They're actually really nice guys. I'm sure they are. I'm they, a, they can come on if they want. I just, yeah. I'm going to tell them that they didn't do very well in the first episode that I watched. No, I think it's more of a production thing. So I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. And whenever you have I don't any, like that show. The thing is with automotive TV shows. Better than Fastest Car. That was the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen in life. Um... <laughs> Any automotive TV show is going to suck, period. But the question is, yeah, what really what what level is it going to suck? Well, I mean, not not car review, but like oh. automotive TV show. Oh, okay, sure. They're yeah. all going to suck, yeah, but yeah, at yeah. what level? That's true. Because every now and then, you have like something at Top Gear where it dominates everything, and you have Jeremy Clarkson being able to literally punch producers if he doesn't like him. Um, I. No, there was a, what was the actual word when they published the news story? Like assaulted it was like, or something? No, it was like it was like a tussle or like a, a tussle. That's a, that's what it was. It was a tussle. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> but like no, it's things like you're gonna have that or you're gonna have guys that are actual fracas. Yeah, fracas. That's what it that's was. That was. was a fracas. <laughs> um, but no, you're gonna have, you're gonna have guys like Jeremy Clarkson that are they have enough clout in BBC that they can actually throw around, around their weight. Yeah. And it's very rare because the majority of them are going to be like the guys from JDM Legends where mm -hmm. they have to deal with a producer that knows nothing about cars right. and doesn't know what to make interesting. And probably a film crew, too. Yeah. And well, the thing is, is, like they're sitting there like, yeah, like, like look at us. We put uh, spark plugs in a Datsun. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, tell me about that 411 Bluebird wagon in the background right now. And they never did. So... It's one of those things. It's, but, um, yeah, no, I think uh, Chasing Classic Cars, if you're looking for a car review show that balances that, is probably the best one. I do like Wayne Greeny. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty prick, cool. but I like him. And, um, oh, uh, Wheeler Dealers was cool. Oh, before, fabulous show. Before they got rid of, uh, what's his face? Ed China? Ed China, yeah. Yeah, no, it's Yeah, sucks, but Mike sucks. That guy, yeah. Ed China should have his own show. Nobody he actually. Does. That's a pilot now. No, no, nobody actually likes Mike. He doesn't do anything. Hold on, your man. Let's do a deal. <clears throat> We're going to take... <laughs> this 1974 BMW 2002-TII Kugelfish has been let stand 17 years. We're going to turn a tidy profit on his cracking motor. Yeah, literally, word for word, a quote from him. I just gave Corey like a small amount of cancer. By doing so, that, yeah, so. no, I, I totally interrupted anyway. you. Yeah, well, tell me about yours. Right. I'm actually really curious what yours are. So I'm going to watch more stuff. I'm going to put... The Motor Trend On Demand stuff under TV, because it's not on YouTube anymore, the new stuff. So, Roadkill. Is it not? No, it's all on their subscription service now. That's so stupid. My coworker has a subscription, I have his login, so it's fine. 
Uh, so Roadkill, Engine Masters, Roadkill Garage. Ooh, Engine Masters is really, really good. good. Um, I love Engine Masters. Um, the Ed China show we just talked about, Wheeler Dealers. Oh, is that um, is that on there? Yep, that's on there. Okay. Um, comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. That's a great show. That's not. I guess that's a car show. So yeah. Yeah. Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. I will, I'll it is put on there. That's entertain. That's entertainment. But that is um, a great show. That's um, the new UK Top Gear with Chris Harris and Rory Reed. Uh, Grand Tour. I still like that a lot. Uh, moving to YouTube. Um, the only automotive channels I really watch on YouTube is Motorweek Retro Reviews. Uh, Vizio Racer, if I really want to get my quirky fix on. Vizio Racer. I totally <laughs> forgot about it because I showed that to you. And what else? My channel, Ovalbore, is really oh, good. Ovalbore is Shameless really good. Plug. Yeah, that guy knows what he's doing. That's pretty skookum. Um, and then non-car related shit, AVE, best channel ever. Oh, you don't want to get a non-car related And Robaz. Yeah, okay. We want to do car. Uh, but no, actually Vizio Racer. So th- this is a channel by this guy from like Croatia or something or... We'll show you all 16-cylinder engines ever made. Yeah, this one has particularly odd configuration with 90-degree front cylinder, 65-degree back <laughs> cylinder with seven carburetor. And split crank <clears throat> pins. Yeah. <laughs> it just like has this incredible, like, super in-depth stuff, but like, it sounds like he's like a 15-year-old no, he, dude he, of peanut butter. He's, uh, he, I think he's actually from Poland, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. But, uh, no, for the... Majority for the majority, he's only started doing voiceover videos the last couple, the last year or two. He's got a lot of good um, info, but for the longest time he didn't voice mower because yeah, he's got a crazy thick accent, uh, mm-hmm. and he thought people weren't, weren't gonna be about it. And he actually oh regular up, car reviews, fuck oh regular shit oh well, yeah oh yeah we got that one but um no the uh, Vizio Racer they. He, he finally started doing them, and people were like, no, your accent's fine. I actually want to learn this stuff. Yeah, it, and he it, it takes, makes the video. Yeah, it really does. And he he finds, like, just, he knows, he just does all of his research super well. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, he does something that's a little, well, it's something that's, like, off by, like, you know, a little bit. But it's one yeah. of those things where if you're translating from English to Polish, I can understand how you're yeah. getting that wrong. And usually the on-screen info is correct, even yeah. if he says it wrong. And he, uh, yeah, and then if he... um some of the things where he does his um, opinion-based ones, like the seven most reliable engines Those or are really horseshit, because there were a lot of German engines in well, the, the most reliable So, so this is the thing. I'm thinking... Uh, you have to look at it like... He had the Audi 4.2 V8 on his most reliable engines list. And let's look at it from a perspective of living in Poland, and this is what's available to you. It's really bad. I know it's a bad engine. Everywhere. I know it is, but if you're in Poland and you're... What what else do you have to compare to? It's just to his it to? favorite engines. That's all it is. Yeah, which that one I'm gonna gripe on him for, but overall, I think Vizio Racer is totally worth watching. Even those favorite video one, those favorite engine videos or whatever. Yeah, like those ones are still pretty. They're cool. fine. Like, I, just, I don't. I don't go out of my way to click on a brand new one from him if it's that. So. Yeah, it's a, if it's something like the 15 smallest V16s ever. Those are pretty cool. Those yeah. are great. Or like, or like the biggest engine displacement, displacement under like 50 cc per cylinder. Yeah, or like the largest engines ever produced ever. And then he like talks about like weird trains, like four Is cylinders. It a dirigible? Yeah, and you know, like the um, the Emma Maersk, like two hundred fifty-two thousand liter uh, in line eight that they he's have. Slovakian. Yeah. Oh, he is Slovakian. Okay. But yeah, no, he's a really cool guy. I, I highly recommend it. Vizio Racer. Wow, I just read through his um, channel description. It's not nearly as broken as I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> but anyway. 
Oh, uh, shoot. That's actually, that's the last of our topics. For do, do you have, are there, I'm trying to think of, I, I know we're going to be missing something. Well, I mean, we usually do interesting engineering, but we don't have anything right now. No, we don't. But no, I'm, I'm trying to think, I feel like I'm missing a channel. Oh, that, I see what you're saying. Well, let me just log into YouTube. I mean, see what I got in there. That's probably something. Um, oh, um, best motoring. I haven't seen that one. Best motoring is Japanese Top Gear. Okay. It, but, it's but not fan- the actual Japanese Top Gear. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Nabuturo Tanaguchi. Nab Tanaguchi is a famous drift racer. Isn't a Tamaguchi the thing you carry around? That's Tamagachi. Oh. Um, <laughs> one letter different, or one character different. Oops. But uh, it's Nab Tanaguchi, um, Kaichi Sachia, so the <clears throat> father of drift, Kaichi Sachia. And they review cars from Japan. Okay. But they don't only review, like, factory cars, but they do, like, tuned cars, too, from different shops, like the Seeker Civic or the M plus M Honda NSX. I need to name something that's not a Honda. Because <laughs> I just watch the Honda videos usually. Uh, RMMEA, you know, RX-7s. But then they... Nothing obscure at all. When they uh, do their races, they have a racetrack kind of like the Top Gear track, but it's a toge track. It's a private mountain road that they've closed off. Oh, yeah. You guys were... You, were, uh, yeah. you and Ben were talking about that a little bit. And, yeah. And they, they do just... They do, um, they do toge races on their private road and see who does the best time. They compare all the lap times. Oh, another one. Fully charged. What's that? That's a EV only okay. channel. It's... You you really have to be expecting to be talked to by sorry talked at by EV people who are the worst people ever, but a bunch of really good information. You're only you, gonna get talked at by EV people. That's all dude, that happens. After you talk about what you're talking about, I got something to talk about from yesterday, really briefly. Oh no, tell me. Okay, so there's a MN plugin owner group on Facebook, and the post yesterday was like, does anyone even know a person who went from an EV back to an ICE? I posted, yeah, my neighbor sold his Tesla and bought a V8 Vantage. And, like, just getting, like, angry reactions. Like, wow, like, who would do that? And, like, everyone else is like, god damn, no, who would do that? They're like, oh, EVs are the best. I'm like, dude, EVs are wonderful. They're really awesome. But, like, why do you got to be like that, man? They're not the be and end all of vehicles. There are still things that they don't do nearly as well as ICE vehicles it's, i think um ev people that that'll be the only thing that they're I don't the like worst it. people yeah ever. it's like ev people and like crusada people they can uh, both like eat my ass i hate people like that and mustang people it's crusada people are pretty bad because uh, crusada people are just like they're the most entitled little prick drift kids i hate <laughs> them so much um, <laughs> they're just awful that makes me want to like go get a crown and just show up and park next to all the Cressida drift kids. Like, oh, suck it. God, I just hate them. A crown would be but such a cool drift car. That'd be a really cool drift car, right? Especially, or if you get a Century. Oh, that's an event. Sorry, yeah, the I Century. meant the Century, the V12 I, one. Uh, the crown is a Lexus LS. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely meant Century then. Or if you got a super old Toyota Crown, like a '55, That'd be like cool first too. gen oh, Toyota Crown. I would crown. feel bad doing that to one of those. They're pretty cool cars. Um. One more YouTube channel I want to mention. Yeah. Petrolicious. Really, really, really beautiful videos. Cool stories. God, do they get preachy. Yeah, I, I didn't mention them on purpose just because of... If you watch a Petrolicious video on mute, really good. It's a really good video. There's some that are good, but it's just like... But uh, if you listen to it with the voiceover and the audio, I'm just like, nope. There's a, they did the one on the first generation CRX, and that one I thought was really cool. 
I think that uh, you should watch that one. You should also watch the uh, Scott Coletti's uh, Subaru 360 van. I'm oh, not yeah. mentioning that because these are personal friends. Their, of mine. Um, <laughs> their cinematography is really good there. Yeah. But I, I definitely did not just mention those two cars because those are personal friends. Those are just we heard entire, you the first time. In, entirely me being an honest, non-biased reviewer. There's no nepotism here at all. <laughs> and Motor Cult? No. I think that should be our bombshell for the episode. <laughs> and move on. me. All right. Well, thank you for listening <laughs> to me list every YouTube channel I watch. Also, Ryan's Star- really good at name dropping and nepotism. Star Wars Explained, Crash Course, and uh, extra credits. We will catch you guys on Wednesday. New retro wave. Bye.